Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is a special Sunday morning in the Word edition. This is Pentecost Sunday, praise the Lord. And so you know I'm going to do my best not to amp up because I'm a preacher. Um, But in this, I've set out to teach the Word, amen. And so um, this year for our study, we're going to um, give a... um, Synthetic teaching, synthetic systematic study on the book of Galatians this morning. And we're going to look at it from the lens of the Holy Spirit. And I just believe that God is going to speak um, as only He can do. Amen. And so um, I'm excited. Let me pull up my outline. You know, um, this year, it's interesting. A few years, God does things differently. He, uh, a lot of times on the broadcast, he gives me um, uh, topical studies, and so I deal with topics. This year, he's been giving me almost uh, like surveys where I've been going through books of the Bible in one setting, you know. <laughs> so, um, And I'll do the same today. But Galatians is a great uh Study. I love the book of Galatians. I love all of the New Testament books, but um, Galatians is one of those ones um, that we can really get some some great foundation in. And with it only being six chapters, I think we can we can look at it from the lens of the Spirit. Amen. And um, and I think we're going to be blessed. So just get the book, your Bible out and get a notebook out, and let's go. We're going to do some revelatory preaching to, this morning, hopefully not preaching. I'm not supposed to be preaching. I'm supposed to be teaching. But y'all know I get excited about things, especially on Pentecost Sunday, the charisma. Hallelujah. And so I was um, getting my confirmation of sound to make sure I sound pretty good this morning. God is a good God. Praise our God. Amen. And, you know, I posed some questions. Um, those of you who follow me on social media um, know that I posed some questions this morning about the Holy Ghost. Because, you know, I think we, we missed the message. And I think this is a great way to uh, to begin our, um, our study. Amen. Well, let's pray and not delay. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Okay, praise God, yes. And I um, appreciate my partner, my bestie. You know, yesterday was best friend day, so I hope, um, you know, your best friend. There's sometimes, too, let me say this, in this subject, praise God, sometimes you got to leave and change your best friends because some of them friends have kept you in the position that you were in by not challenging you to be a better you. You know, you need to learn what your friends are. And every, you know, every once in a while, ask them what Jesus asked his disciples. Who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Amen. And I'll talk a little bit about that. And um, we'll talk about Paul. Um, Paul is um, a great um, 
teacher of the spirit. You know, now I, I have a, a set of studies criticizing his work. Um, some things that I thought that by the, by the Holy Ghost, if he had accepted his own message, a lot of things he would not have said to uh, bring confusion to the church. But um, that's neither here nor there. He is an authority in the church, and so we do appreciate and yielding to the Holy Spirit to unveil the gospel to the Gentiles, which are all that are outside of the covenant of Israel. Amen. And so we thank God for Paul, but Paul says some stuff that could have been reworded. <laughs> Hallelujah. I brought just a little more because uh, us modern world don't don't really get Paul like we should. Amen. But um, we need to appreciate our friends. Praise the Lord. Paul is a friend of mine. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. I wish I could write the Epistle of Vaughn. It would be a good book. Well, anywho, praise the Lord. Let's let's pray. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you this morning because you're worthy to be praised, Father. We thank you because we already know by confirmation of the Holy Spirit that you're already at work to give us time to hear what you have to say to the churches. So we relinquish our rights so that you can have your way and reveal to us the intent of your heart. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is the educator and the guide that gives us utterance this morning, and we do trust you and commit to give you all the praise, honor, and glory for the things that shall be accomplished and the things that shall be revealed. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we do praise you, and we give you glory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You know, I get excited when we talk about the church, um, and I love the book of Galatians because it is one of the strongest appeals that we can ever use to see the effect of a church that is spirit-driven versus carnality or sinful, sinfully driven. Paul gives this <clears throat> this church um, some insights during his journey. He has established several churches, and um, the Roman. Uh, you got to understand that him and Barnabas worked on this church. This is the the time where Paul visited them again. You can see this in Acts thirteen and Acts uh, sixteen. But these are Jewish Christians that um, really embrace the initial. Uh, teaching of the church. Now, what you have to understand, in the book of Acts, when the church was established in chapter 2, that three things happened as the manifestations of the Holy Spirit took place. The first, the first thing was that they were on one accord. The church was, had achieved unity. Now, of course, you know, Ephesians chapter 4, which is a sister book to Galatians, tell you that gifts were given to the church so that we could achieve unity. And so at this time in the book of Acts, when we see in chapter 1 and 2, at the ascension when Jesus completes his earthly ministry, reveals himself for 40 days, 10 days after the 40 days they wait in the upper room, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit confirms the promise that Jesus had presented to his disciples. As a matter of fact, he said, don't do anything. Now, remember, their, their measure of the Holy Spirit was received back in Luke. 
the 12 apostles. These were not the 12 apostles in the upper room. I, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. But, but now we see the church effectuated. Hallelujah. All the, the apostles are scattered, so all of them did not. Anyway, I'm not going to mess up your theology. Let me just let's keep preaching. But um, Jesus had told them in Luke. Luke gives an account of when when Jesus had had the, the, the disciples in the um, in the room. When we remember when when um, uh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Um, what's that boy's name? Thomas, who we called the doubter. He wasn't a doubter. I don't know where we get that from, but he wasn't a doubt. He just wanted proof. He wanted proof because there was so much being said about Jesus died on the cross. He raised from the dead, and now he's showing himself around and showing people, let me see it for myself. And some of us, we need to, you know, he said, listen, Jesus said to him, he didn't say, bless me because you have doubt. So they call him doubting Thomas. No, he said, blessed are you because you see and you believe. But there's going to come a group that doesn't see me, but they believe. Do you hear what I'm saying? But that same group in that same setting, the 12 apostles, received the first measure of the Holy Spirit when he breathed on them. And the first thing that happened in the introduction of the Holy Spirit through Jesus is that their, uh, their understanding was open. And I pray that in this lesson, as we talk about the church, uh, <laughs> That your, that your understanding is open to the plan of God for the people of God. Do you get what I'm saying? Because that's what God is all about. He loves his people. So the, the embryo of the church, then after that, after that, the explosion of the church evangelistically and, and physically was massive after the display of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Do you hear what I'm saying, people of God? They were, they were, the, the one, 5,000 was added daily as such should be said. Did you read the word? Do you know how much that is in a month? In 30 days times five? Come on, just, just do the math. You, you go from having a group of, of a few, you know that Jesus had 12 disciples. You know that he had 72 other disciples and the 72 had scattered. Do you get what I'm saying? And then he revealed himself. He finally gathered them doors at at, uh, at a house where he shows them that he's he's risen. But you know he revealed himself for 40 days, and then they go to the upper room to wait for that fullness of the Spirit. And the fullness of the Spirit then would would create a catalyst or a change. In things, when we say a catalyst, I want you to understand why we call it a catalyst. A catalyst is uh, is an action or a marking history that sparks a revolution. You know what I'm saying? So the agent of change was the Holy Spirit. Acts is not the acts of the apostles. It's the acts of the Spirit. You get what I'm saying? Because it was the Holy Spirit that caused all the communication of the rest of the New Testament. To be, uh, the Synoptic Gospels only proved Jesus was Jesus. But the letters to the church from Acts all the way to um, uh, uh, to Jude, we don't put revelations in that category. But all the way to Jude gives you gives you the picture. But Acts chapter two is where the church was born. 
the revelation of the church was given back in Luke's account, also in Mark's account and in Matthew's account. When Paul, when Peter received the revelation that Jesus was who he said he was, but Jesus also gave a promise to them that you would not be serving me. You would ask the Father in my name so that he could hear you. But the Father would provide a comforter that would also indwell in you and encase and encompass you so that you could be witnesses and have unprecedented proof that you are who you are, you are to be from this day forward. And he says, I have people that are not of this. Oh, hallelujah. I have sheep that are not of this. Oh, see, I feel that like preaching preaching power in me. I'm not even in Galatians yet. You hear what I'm saying? So when Paul comes on the scene, Rome, the Galatea is one of those areas, and I'm learning to teach people about the areas where things are, uh, uh, Bible scholars, because you need to understand there are reasons why God placed, allows certain things to happen in certain places, because those places of influences naturally could provide a, a, a display of God's presence and power superior uh, to, to, to prove its superiority over their natural situation or natural successes and claims. <laughs> See, Jewish Christians came and began teaching Gentile Christians needed to be circumcised to keep the law of Moses. But why could they do that? Because at that time, the Gentiles was experiencing revival, refreshment, renewal. There was growth. People were getting saved by the droves. 5,000 a day was getting saved. Countries were getting saved. So when, when you get Galatians, where, where the Roman Empire is fading away, where, where the uh, Israel community is being infiltrated or infused into common culture, and you have people that are mixed breeding, and, and you don't have one color anymore. You have different colors intermingling with one another. There needs to be another gospel, and everybody can't look like a Jew to preach it. So what the original Jews said, well, at least we know that you are saved, but you need to be circumcised like we are. And this is why Paul preached the circumcision of the heart. But here's another appeal of, of not only circumcision of the heart, but concentration on the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that enables you to live the Christian life. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers you to serve. It's the Holy Spirit that, that uh, equips you with what you need to know to experience God perpetually and eternally in your life. And it is the Holy Spirit that makes us aware that we are one with God, that we know who we are, that we know what we have, and we know what we can do. Do you hear what I'm saying? So when Paul speaks this to this church, there are, there, um, there are, um, there are some things that we just need to understand. Now, listen. Uh, Galatians is affected by one's uh, was located in the um, north central part of Asia Minor, or in South Central. Hallelujah! Roman providence of Galatea, North Galatea, um, maintains the that the churches were in the north, and Paul had not been there until the beginning of his third missionary journey. So this would require Paul to write epistles 
sometime toward the end of that journey. So so here, you know, Paul's an aged man. Of course, you know, he had about how many missionary journeys does Paul have? Somebody email me that, and you'll get um, get a blessing. Praise the Lord. I'm sure y'all don't know, but hallelujah. <laughs> but but, um, but this, this is very key. That, that's very key that you understand that he's writing this. This is not something, this is not the first time that he wrote them. This is um, also the period in which uh, this is a, over a period of time. Um, but enemies, this is a doctrinal issue uh, where Gentile Christians needed to be circumcised, and they wanted um, they wanted them to keep the laws of Moses. They wanted to they wanted to become loyal to legalism versus spiritualism. Okay, because people getting saved so much, it didn't matter where they where they came from culturally, especially in Galatia, Asia Minor. You know what I'm saying? They're a little far. They they're a Roman they're a Roman group that had Jewish roots. That had Jewish roots, but they they weren't um, expected. Do you get what I'm saying? Praise God. All right, now let's get into Galatians. I love this chapter because I love the first part. Part of this, it says, um, let's see, because we won't skip through this. Oh, I got to go. I got to hush. Hurry, not hush. Hurry. Grace be to you, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I love that. That's the I told you when Jesus is in the front of Christ is showing the union between his fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You know, after the book of Acts, every time you saw the name Jesus, you saw the name Christ. It was to remind you of the promise that Jesus presented. Jesus was not trying to deitize himself. So when you put Jesus with Christ, you're not talking about Jesus, and Christ is not his last name. He's talking about the promise which he provided for you to attain and to you to exist by Christ. And in that same Christ is in you who is the hope of what? The beauty of God's place. You hear what I'm saying? So I want you to understand, when they're presenting this to the, to this to this church, this is not the first time they've been addressed. So this is one of these letters that he's given to them at the third missionary journey, meaning that he has spoken to them at least two other times. You get what I'm saying? Now he says, listen, verse 6, I marvel that you soon be removed from that, uh, from him that called you into the grace of Christ. Now he drops Jesus' name unto another what? Gospel. Now, the, now, I want you to understand that Christ is not Jesus' last name. It is the Holy Spirit. So now he, he compares the, 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 the reality or the grace of the Holy Spirit to the gospel, that the fulfillment of the gospel is the grace of Christ. Okay, now I know I'm sounding deep, but I'm not trying to be deep. What I'm letting you know is that the gospel could not be complete without the Holy Ghost. And that the Holy Spirit was the the consummation of the gospel. And that if you were claiming to have the gospel, but have not had a relationship with the Holy Spirit to where you know that he's Christ, he's saying that you have another gospel. 
that you then presented something else other than the gospel which Jesus sent to make you free. Do y'all hear the the claim? And he says, I marvel at this because by this time, you should know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And some of y'all don't even know that the word Christ means Holy Ghost. (laughs) And that's that's the sad reality. We over here preaching and we don't know what we believe. And we just tie Jesus Christ as a name versus a prophetic declaration over us to remind us that Jesus died so that we could obtain the promise and that the promise was manifested so that we can exist in that promise every day. I marvel at that, Paul says. Now, what you got to understand about the Bible is that it's a coded book that must be decoded. And the only one that can decode it is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that men were anointed of God and they were moved by the Holy Ghost to get inspiration to write to you the scriptures so that you could know the mysteries and the things freely given you of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Which is not another, but there are some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. Ooh, so the lesson today is don't let them pervert the gospel of Christ. Do you hear what I'm saying? The rest of this book goes very simple. He deals with legalism versus liberty and how to live. So first he deals with the legalism. He says, listen, I'm talking about circumcision, okay, and and you're trying to compare yourself. It says um, we... It says, you know, we talk about who preaching to us, who's more important. Um, and, and he said, he said in verse 10, do I seek to please men? And this is what's happening with denominations today. We, we want to come against the very things which God has instituted to, 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 to show us that we have a problem. So now we don't talk about the spirit. You know, you go to people that claim to be charismatic churches. Spirit-filled churches don't even talk about the Holy Ghost. And Lord, don't you dare talk about them tongues. Now, I told you in Acts chapter 2 that the, the people that had, that had gathered for the first time achieved unity. And unity is the first display of the Holy Spirit, getting people to come together on one accord in one place. And that's exactly why the church is a place that you go to to achieve unity so that the spirit can have its way and show you what's next to come. And this is why the devil is trying to destroy the church today. He doesn't want you to achieve unity. And Pentecost is supposed to remind us that we are the church. We are the pillar and the ground of truth. We are the people of God who have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light. We are the ones that have the promise of eternal life. We are the possessors of the Holy Spirit, which enables us to live a quality of life that is far distinctive from the world. And see, when this message becomes tainted, I marvel that you be swayed to another persuasion as if you could obtain your salvation without the working of Christ. Or I I marvel that you don't get that you need the Holy Spirit to help you live this life. 
I certify, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Christ or of Jesus Christ. For if ye heard of my conversion in times past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals. See, don't get confused. And this is what I want you to understand, especially you new church people that have all these little uh, Jew, Jewish uh, memorabilia in your church. You go all around calling yourself uh, the Hebrew Israels and all this demonic stuff that you, you're coming. You see, the book of Galatians come against that foolishness. He said, I marvel that you don't know the distinction between the, the culture of Jew, Judaism and, and, the, and the conversion that took place, which, which I, I'm a chief. I was, I was a, a Pharisee myself. So if, if I, as a Pharisee, I'm telling you that I'm converted, and submit, I, I don't understand why you don't understand the distinction. We're not trying to recreate uh, and, and uh, confirm Jewish superiority. We are new in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things become new. Do you know what I'm saying? He said, I didn't preach this tradition after what somebody else passed down to me from years and years. We corrected it through Christ Jesus by the revelation of what Christ revealed to me. And that's what has to happen. If the man of God is not in the spirit, how can he preach to you how to be led by the spirit? You hear what I'm saying? All right. To reveal the son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with the flesh and blood. I love that. Oh, I love that. Let's go to chapter two. I got to go. And I went up by revelation. Hallelujah. I, I want you to understand today that the gospel of Christ will only be empowered in your life when you go up by revelation. You trying to get it from some church that you go to hearing somebody preach and tell you the story, but you'll only come up by revelation. You got to study the word of God to show yourself approved so you can come up by revelation. You want to know the truth that makes you free. You got to continue in the word and be a disciple so you can come up by revelation. You can't hear somebody else, but if you study for yourself, you'll come up by revelation. God will only reveal his, the intents of his heart when he know he got your heart. And the Bible says, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. Why? So you can come up by revelation. See, the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles or anybody that's not Jew is going to come by revelation because it's not something that you could achieve in the natural. How can you start off in the spirit and then resort to the flesh? And that's what I'm telling you, in churches that are seeker friendly so that people can feel comfortable because some people decide to speak in tongues and y'all don't go that and y'all don't want to make them feel weird because they don't understand what's going on. If they read their Bible, they would understand. But if, because they don't understand it, because we don't teach tongues right, we, 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 we shy off from doing demonstration. Now, it's interesting to me that in Acts chapter 2, when everybody spoke in tongues, the, the first manifestation of, of that effect was evangelism. It caused the church to grow. As a matter of fact, when the world looked on them, they said, wait a minute, they're teaching us about Jesus in our language. And, it's, and, and they, they, they look like they're drunk. 
And then Paul, Peter said, now listen, it's, it's not even 12 o'clock in the afternoon. He's talking about they drunk. You know, people don't drink until the night. <laughs> At least at that time, they had enough class to wait till it was dark. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> glory to God. Um, but listen, verse 9 in chapter 2. Perceive grace that was given unto me that they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. He's talking about the church entrusted us with the authority. The right hand of fellowship was, listen, Paul, Peter understood my ministry right here is done. Matter of fact, after that fellowship with, within Acts, uh, when, when Paul meets Peter and he stays with him in Antioch for 30 days, after that time period, uh, Peter died and gets crucified upside down. Or in other words, the era of his ministry is over. He was just sent to establish the church. But Paul was sent to equip the church. He said, but listen, they gave me the right hand of fellowship. In other words, they gave me the authority to continue the fellowship, to continue the work. Now, I understand I would preach on the right hand of fellowship and give you all the real thing. Just like remember back in the day when they crossed, when Jacob crossed his hands to bless the, the son, the, the second son versus the first. It's, a, it's the same crossing of hands in Acts, glory to God. But I, I, I have to teach all on that another time. But it says, listen, only they will remember that we should remember the poor, that the same which also do was, um, also was forward to us. But Peter was come to Antioch, and I withstood him face because he was to be blamed. Oh, wait a minute, you came against the head of the church? For before certain came, before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumstances. In other words, he confronted the weakness that was going on in church. That, that, Lord, that's loaded. Let's go on to chapter 3. <laughs> no, anyway, that's verse 14. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the what? Gospel, I said unto Peter before all, before them all. Now listen, how many of y'all got guts? When y'all see demonic stuff going up in your, in your church, you're going to sit there and let them do demonic stuff, or you're going to stand up for righteousness. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Gospel. I said after Peter, before them all, oh, Lord, this is, oh, I see this going to be a part two. <laughs> uh, livest after the man of the Gentiles. Uh, he says, if thou being a Jew, livest after the man of the Gentiles, and not do as a Jew, why compelest thou Gentiles to live as as do the Jews, who we are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that man is not justified by works of the law, but by faith of Jesus Christ, even we, we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ or by, by the Holy Ghost. He's appealing to the Holy Spirit. He's like, listen, you are you withdrawing yourself? But wait a minute. Why do you have company with the Gentiles in the first place if you think they're sinners? In other words, why are you changing up on them? And he said, didn't you say they were justified and saved and made righteous by faith in Christ which, or by faith in Jesus who gave us the Holy Ghost? And now you're going to revert to being justified by the law or by or being justified by faith about the faith of who? Of Christ, or say the Holy Ghost. Same thing, same word. All you got to do is look it up. And not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, 
shall no flesh be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves we ourselves all we are we also are found sinners, is therefore Christ to the minister of sin, God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroy, I make myself a transgressor. In other words, we didn't get this far to, to allow the Holy Spirit to manifest himself for us to rebuild the flesh. That's a powerful statement. And you know who he preached that to? Peter, the head of the church. So let me tell you something, Peters. You preachers that listen every week and get your little topic. Anyway, <laughs> let me tell you something. God is not raising us up in this day to become fleshly and carnal, to wear T-shirts and jeans over the pulpit, to not take God seriously. God is not raising <laughs> God is not raising us up uh, to be seeker friendly and talk about everything. There's enough in this word to decode. There are things that I cannot even finish in these two chapters and the 14 verses that I've, I've highlighted. I can't even get through the five chapters that I really wanted to get through in this because things have to be translated in purity. And here we are having so much to learn and do in the spirit that we will resort to fads and traditions that should be eradicated in Christ or in the spirit. The natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can he know them, the scripture says, because they're spiritually discerned. We have too much to do in the spirit to be catering to the flesh, especially in the church. That's his message. All right, now, he said, For I through the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with the Holy Ghost. Never, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but the Holy Ghost lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then the Holy Ghost is dead and in vain. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I just changed the word Christ to the Holy Ghost. O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that ye should obey the truth before the eyes, eyes of Jesus Christ? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ have been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This would this would only I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law. What did he say? Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Do you hear what I'm saying? Verse 5. He therefore that ministers unto you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted for him as righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. All right. Now, listen. It says, verse 11, the just shall live by faith. Verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for cursed is everyone that hangeth up on the tree. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, through Jesus Christ, that we, the scripture says, might receive the promise of the Spirit or the Holy Ghost through faith. So our faith should drive us, by the, because faith works by the Holy Ghost. 
You get what I'm saying? The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. In other words, faith here in this context is talking about the fulfillment of the promises of the Spirit that we receive. What did Abraham receive? He received the promise from God. That if you obey and serve me, as far as the nation shall be, so, or as far as the sand and the sea is, so shall your nation be. In other words, I'm going to create a whole new generation out of you that believe me and that follow my instructions. Those that follow my instructions and they walk by, they walk by my instructions, they are going to receive the blessing, my approval, my promise, my covenant. And this is going to be done as a as a trusting, a trusting and a believing and an acting on that belief. Do you do know what I'm saying? We call that faith. Do you do know what I'm saying? And I can go into Abraham, but let's go in chapter four. It says, listen, now I say that as long as a child different nothing from a servant. See, under this, I, what, what did I say the Holy Spirit was trying to do? The Holy Spirit was presented to the apostles and the 12 first to open their understanding before the manifestation of the Spirit in Acts, where God would then empower the actions of the apostles to establish the church. Pentecost was that first day where the church was added, and 5,000 was added as such should be saved. So anything that happened after that was as a result of the display of the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Now, in Galatians chapter 5, stand therefore fast in the liberty where Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again to the yoke of bondage. That's what the scripture that says, Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever are justified by the law. Ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit, it says, we through the Spirit... Wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith, which worketh by love. Do you get what I'm saying? Glory to God. Now, if you ever want to learn faith, you need to read this chapter. And it says, this I say, walk in the spirit that she will not fulfill, verse 16 of chapter 5. Walk in the spirit that she will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Glory to God. And then it says, uh, I'm sorry, lust of the flesh. Uh, and it says, but if ye are led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law, in verse 18. And then, and of course, you know, you didn't read out. And then in verse 22 through 25, or, or 22 of chapter 5, gives you the fruit of the Spirit, or the effect of the Spirit being at work in your life. And it says, and they that are Christ have circumcised the flesh with the, uh, the affections and lust, if we live in the Spirit, let us also what? Walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, one another, envying one another. It says, and then, of course, he deals with you having responsibility and, and making certain that you make certain that your brothers look good. In chapter 6, it says in verse 3, For if any man thinketh himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. 
but he that soweth to the spirit shall reap of the spirit shall, shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. So the reason why God is fighting for you to obtain revelation in the spirit is so that you could obtain life, have a life that he promised for you to have. And then in verse 10 in chapter 6 it says, And we therefore have every opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially those of the household of what? Of faith. In other words, we got to be kind to the church. Why? It's the church's birthday. We are supposed to be connected people, and the unity that will take place amongst us will be as a result of the promise of the Spirit that we waited for, for the display of the Spirit that we waited for. And when that becomes, verse 12, it says, And many desires to make fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised only, lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of, of, of the Holy Ghost. For neither they themselves are circumcised, um, uh, who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid I should glory save the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I am into the world, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature, and, and as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy upon the Israel of God. For henceforth let no man trouble you, for I bear my body, the marks of the Lord Jesus, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you or be with your spirit. Amen. Now, and I'm going to say amen because we got to go. But let me share this with you in the last four minutes of my teaching. I want you to understand this. The book of Galatians is a great appeal to resolve to be totally immersed in the spirit of life because that's what Jesus died for you to have. He did not die to make you religious. He died so that you could obtain revelation and come up and be seated with him in heavenly places. And we need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the promise of the Spirit. We need to talk more about the Holy Ghost. Because this generation doesn't have it. They don't have the Spirit. And that's why you can look in the lives of children and these young adults and you can just look in their faces and see there's nothing that's inspiring them beyond their mere ambitions because they're trying to relate to a God that is totally spiritual in the flesh. Galatians gives us appeals to attain liberty in Christ. And for liberty to take place, we must loose our loyalty to the law. We must let the spirit be a confirmation of our superiority to the law. But then, the sealing factor 
factor and the salient point, according to Apostle Betty, is that we ensure that that bond that we have is not about circumcision or external declarations of loyalty, but the but the display of kindness and love toward one another, especially the kindness of those that claim to be saved like we are. In other words, we got to do right in the church. It is for freedom that Christ or the Holy Spirit has been sent to make us free. And Jesus told us to wait until that spirit displays something that changes us totally and causes us to really know who we are as the church. You know, the attack today is to make the church irrelevant. Don't go to a church that discredits the power of Pentecost. And don't go to a church that discredits the power of the gospel, which confirms the authority of being the church. Don't despise being who God has called us to be. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word. I, you, you went a different way than I thought even today, but I believe your message got across. And for that, we praise you and give you glory and honor. And we honor you, Lord Jesus. We honor you, Lord, for your institution that you died for, that you gave us. And we thank you, Lord, that you're continuing throughout the continuum of time to confirm that same promise to live as Christ and to die as gain. So we praise you and we give you glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great day.